Welcome to an original Mind Over Matter initiative, the Make Our Voices Heard podcast, where we use a variety of platforms to speak about our mental health and all its glory, the stigmas, the stereotypes, its importance, the issues and the plausible solutions, everything under the sun to make your life better. Because after all, you know what they say, Mind Over Matter is the only way. Today, our distinguished guest is Dr. Sagrika Roy Bhatia. She is an author, global speaker, parenting coach, neuro coach, head of school, and a mother to two teens. She is a global speaker on the topics of neuroscience, related education and its management, parenting hacks, etc. Currently, she is creating a non-threatening learning environment for learners who are not mainstream but sports enthusiasts like football hockey and tennis players representing india in their respective sports welcome dr bhartia thank you very much thank you very much my first question for you today is that the world health organization estimates that close to 20% of 1 in 5 students are actively dealing with mental health issues the student suicide rates are the highest of all time it is the second leading cause of death the number of students today experiencing mental health problems is also on the rise what factor do you see being the reason for such an increase in mental health issues yeah after having spent so many out uh, 26 plus years with um, i mean in the field of education with learners so there are many plenty many factors you know so the first factor is your home the home environment that the child comes from the kind of pressure that the parents have and normally what happens is that you know the parents the dreams that they have not been able to accomplish they expect their children to accomplish it all their unaccomplished dreams when it is put on the child there's a lot of pressure created you know and they don't even understand that the child's aptitude is not the same as their aptitude every child is different so that is first second thing is also comparison between siblings parents compare a lot of uh, you know the children then the neighbors not only siblings it's the neighbors children the localities children that also causes a lot of pressure in the on the child then thereafter it's a societal pressure you know or the pressure of log kya kahenge the lkk the lk that's called the lkk pressure that is log kya kahenge pressure and uh, this is something that the parents don't want to shoulder it so they very conveniently transfer it to the child that if you don't perform we are answerable and what will the society speak about us how are they going to look at us how are they going to behave you know so all of these together so first of all it's a family the family needs to be educated about mental health so the pressure from the family then comes you know pressure from the peers there's a lot of peer pressure so uh, of performance competition because nowadays this is a competitive world more than a collaborative world it is a competitive world and in competition there's automatically pressure built that is one of it then the other pressure is also the environmental factors you know when i talk about environmental factor it doesn't mean environment environment it means that you know say suppose i mean uh, my friend has some certain gadgets and i don't have it i don't have it you know and then uh, maybe my friend has a tutor who 
who who's an very who's a very expensive tutor and i'm sure my friend is going to do well maybe he's going to a better class than mine and i and my parents aren't sending me to that kind of classes or maybe not upgrading or maybe not sending me for a trip abroad so all of these also these environmental factor around the child is also another reason for the child's mental health okay and thereafter of course the school school also because uh, every day the child comes across at least 10 teachers coming his way his or her way and every teacher has one thing to say that oh you need to fare well you need to fare well you need to do well you need to fare well we are expecting a lot i mean this the, this is the typical dialogue that is there from everybody we are expecting a lot from you don't let us down we know you can do it so these are you know these are these are typical sentences so all these things together i mean the language the environment and the uh, and i mean and and the child's being also you know every child is not as strong i mean everyone's emotional quotient that is the eq eq is very different very very different so if the child doesn't have the right eq and maybe comes from a family which is maybe a broken family or maybe a family which is economically not so strong so already those pressures exist in the child because of okay. and then when you put everything together then that builds up and that is a reason of mental health very very interesting if you were to rank them according to 1 through 7 with the one being the most amount of pressure and seven being the least amount of pressure uh with emotional quotient as you said before home environment peer pressure then environmental factors and then as the student's capability then how would you rank them as to what was the most pressure and what was the least pressure yeah that is you know i mean uh, a child's emotional quotient has to be very strong and it is uh, more i would uh, i mean i would uh, rank environment as the first environment is the first why and so environment yeah why because as i said that environment that in which environment the child is being bred the home environment basically you know the home environment is where the child experiences maximum pressure maximum pressure from the relatives from the friends from the immediate family from siblings from cousins from uncle aunt from everywhere school is just one small factor wherein the child is there only for 8 hours but maximum time spent at home is where you know the child's environment really matters a lot matters a lot in what kind of society the child stays what kind of building the child stays what kind as i said what kind of tutorials what kind of engagements everything everything matters a lot completely agree and as you stated before many of the teachers try to uh, hopefully say that you can do this very well uh, you're this good you have this much potential try to reach it would you agree that this builds a lot of stress on the student and what do you think that the teachers should do uh, to combat this yeah the uh, of course it does create a lot of stress on the child and what the teacher should do is first of all the teacher needs to understand that all five fingers of the classroom are not the same they are just not the same some of them are meant to be some of them are just not meant to be you know so the knowledge of neuroscience is very important because neuroscience says that some children are like orchids some children are like dandelions you know so dandelions grow everywhere they bloom everywhere whereas orchids are they are just you know they are they are like very uh, i mean they are very sparse and at the same time they really need a good environment to grow so the 
if the if the teacher the faculty knows each and every learner in the classroom then automatically they will start changing the language and knowing the fact that the language can cause a lot of stress so that knowledge also has to be given to the educators that you can gradually you can build it build it gradually you know and gradually build it and you can just be very subtle about it rather than being too pushy too pushy because some schools you know are so result oriented absolutely result oriented that they don't think about the well-being of the child even if the child has fever they ask the child to come to school okay you have a test you have fever no problem come write the test and then go back you know i mean this is absolutely against the well-being of the child so these are factors that teachers have to consider and they need to change their language not only the language they also need to change their body language they need to be more compassionate they need to be more uh, caring you know and maybe a pat on their back rather than using words like yes you can do it we trust you 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 will be there you need to get there you know just a quick pat on the back stating that yes you fared well and uh, we are sure you will be able to fare better you know so the words and the body language of every faculty matters a lot the the way they deal with the uh, learners completely agree schools are some of the most developing environments for a student and as a person as a whole and results in many parts of our personality so yes schools are very important so are the other six factors as we stated now my second question to you is that do you believe there is enough being done on building the community to promote school policies that support mental health such as bullying prevention uh see uh india if you really go to see india the international schools are very few you can literally like you can count them you know so international schools yes being international schools they have their policies in place and they do address uh, things like bullying and all and the posco they are very well uh aware of posco you know the prevention of child sexual abuse the act completely i mean they are aware about this and they also have school counselors but then india being uh, you know multicultural and multilingual and multiple social uh, multiple social stratas every school can't afford this and because every school can't afford this the faculty in the school they have very 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 limited knowledge about what is well being what is mental health though our uh, teachers from where they complete their degree the bachelors of education degree you know they do explain them something about bullying but then not to the level at which because see the level is changing every year every year when i say that the level is changing the methods of bullying are different initially it was just it was just about talking then it started uh, moving to ragging after ragging it started becoming physical abuse after physical abuse now it is physical mental ragging everything put together you know so our education our our faculty our faculty in indian schools especially in tier 2 tier 3 rural india are not aware about this you know and there's a lot of cases of sexual abuse happening uh, with children lot i mean with boys boys versus boys girls versus girls girls versus boys and uh, even faculty included even your uh, your staff your ancillary staff also are in it even the security so everybody is a part and parcel of the school ecosystem and it is not only the faculty who should know about this it should be this particular topic everybody in the school right from you enter the gate from the security of your school to the 
uh, ancillary staff who's cleaning the washrooms or not should be aware of everything that this is what can happen. Bullying can happen at any place in the school. It is not necessary. It has to happen openly. It could just happen at the washroom. It could just happen anywhere on the playground. It could just happen uh, in the prayer ground. It could happen outside the class, in the class, in, at the corridor. It can happen near the over the terrace. You know, I mean, there have been uh, incidences where, um, I mean, you know, the little children have been um, uh, bullied, taken and thrown into the water tank on the rooftop of the school. Well, that's very to truly that sad. Yes. That is that truly extent, sad. You know? Yeah. So then the school also has to be aware where to put in a lock, what is the kind of sensitivity to be, um, you know, uh, brought in the atmo- in the school atmosphere? Then numbers, they need to display the numbers of the teachers whom the child can contact. Maybe they need to have boxes wherein a child can just write an anonymous note that, okay, I'm being bullied, kindly help me. I'm in class so-and-so, but we'll not write down the name, okay? So like this, you know, we need to create that kind of sensitivity and sensitize everybody in the school right from the gate till you get in and you get out. It has to be an Absolutely. That's why uh, in my CV, you see psychologically safe environment. Can you see that? When you, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what I mean by psychologically safe environment is when the child comes to school should feel safe. Should feel yeah. safe. Yeah, that completely is completely true. That true. absolutely, uh, I mean, to well-being and mental health should be at the top of the priority list of any educator and any head of school. Yeah, completely true. Schools, as I said before, and I will reiterate, are most important building environment for a student. And if they're left scarred and if they're left not wanting to come back to school, then that's just harmful to their education and would be harmful to their future as well. And would you agree that in most of these schools, it is a walk-it-off environment where the students are just expected to forget and move on? despite what might have happened before? Yeah, yeah, that's the easiest way. That's just the easiest way because people don't want to talk about it at all. Even children don't want to express it. Maybe some of them, you know, they feel shy or maybe they just feel that, okay, if I say it, then maybe I would be named. I would be, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I would be the target and things like this. So even children don't want to speak about it. And many of the institutions also don't want to bring it in the open for the simple reason then that the institution is going to be under the radar and, you know, maybe social media would cover it and things like that. So there are a lot of, lot of ifs and buts. And in this whole uh, rigmarole of ifs and buts, the child is the victim. The child is the victim, you know. And that's really very sad, the way things are going and the way things are moving uh, around the world. This is across the world, across the world. And as you said before, these schools do not have enough staff, nor do they have knowledge about all the activities that are going on inside the school grounds itself. So what would you propose these schools do to prevent this bullying or at least lessen its impacts on the students studying over there? See, it it calls for a lot of investment and uh, in India tier 2, tier 3 cities the schools in the villages and things like this you know they really don't want I mean they don't have that kind of budget to invest in good counsellors in good speakers who can come and sensitize they can have workshops but then yet uh, it is on because there are certain state governments which are 
very uh, very very proactively coming ahead and they are ensuring that the state that their particular state government schools have certain um, you know um, uh, outside i mean uh, faculties coming in and uh, sensitizing the staff members and there are a lot of workshops also currently going on because it has been found that in india this is a very 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 common cause and now the suicides are on the rise suicides are on the rise so uh, people are looking at it um, seriously but not all that serious that it should be okay uh, completely understood as you talked before counselors being an educationist do you see schools investing in counselors in the near future and do these counselors need to have an open door policy to communicate with the students or do they need to secretly communicate with the students and what do you think their behavior should be see counselors yes they are a must currently they are absolutely they are a must even if the schools can't afford a counselor on board they can at least have a visiting counselor they can at least have a visiting counselor maybe once a week they could come there and yes open door policy is a must because so that the child is, is feels free to go and talk to the counselor that is very important that the child knows first of all knows that there is a counselor on board and can excuse himself or herself from a class to go and visit the counselor speak to the counselor you know nowadays what happens is that it's such a taboo the moment the child wants to go to the counselor's room oh everybody says oh he's going to the counselor's room something is wrong something is wrong and it becomes a talk of the school it becomes a complete talk of the school that you know the counselor called xyz boy or xyz girl and uh, maybe something is extremely wrong with that particular child and because of this reason you know people aren't able to open up but uh, we are always we always try that it's an open door policy that children should go and speak up but as i told you that these are the reasons why children don't want to speak up because of the fear of being uh, named and uh, you know being the top of the school or the top of the class yeah i completely agree when a student has gone to a counselor most of the time being young impressionable uh, students uh, learners whatever you want to call them they are prone to talking about them because it's an interesting thing thinking about what they might have done and when those theories run wild it sort of acts as a barrier that prevents other people from going to the counselors and seeking the help that they need mm-hmm. and moreover do you feel that body shaming is a big issue in teen life today considering you've talked about various other aspects that can lead to pressure yes yes body body shaming nowadays is a huge aspect and especially post covid what has happened is that most of the children have turned obese because of lack of physical activities and because of this reason the Uh, i mean many many more not many most of the children most of the children at this point of time are obese are unfit have uh, developed lot of uh, habits you know that i mean they they are out of routine they were totally out of routine for last two years so because they were out of routine and uh, they were just seated like couch potatoes and uh, because of that reason now that they have gained weight and things like this so people have started comparing the previous self with the current self and comparing the previous self and the current self the children children are children they will speak anything they i mean they they don't know what is taboo they just don't know what is taboo you know they 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 come up with whatever they want to say they say but then here we require the adult um absolutely i mean we require um, i mean some some kind of 
adult supervision when the child is talking with the peers and interference by the school or family or society or whatever is very much important because this is something this body shaming is something that is really bringing down the self the self esteem of the person and once the self esteem of the person is low as i said if they are low on emotional intelligence and the self esteem also is low automatic it's very disastrous extremely disastrous this then the child goes into then this anxiety created and when there's anxiety created the child gets into depression and when the child gets into the depression uh, obviously there is no performance there is zero performance so then there's a ex- then there's extra performance pressure on the child when the child is unable to come out of that state of depression and anxiety plus the child is facing the pressure so can you imagine the child is battling with him himself it's a battle within it's an absolute battle within and the child is unable to express and when the child is unable to express so then everything you know burst and then it comes out it, the child then ends his or her life you know so body shaming yes it does body shaming is in fact just the start the people who who bully who love to bully who love to put down the self esteem of a child they start with body shaming so the moment we as educators in a classroom we come to know but see ours being international school we just have a handful of children in the class but in our mainstream school there are more than 40 children in the class and how do you come to know how does the teacher take care of these 40 children so it is also important that the parents also interfere and take care of the child like if the child comes home and suddenly the child is showing a different behavior okay if the child is not behaving normal if the child isn't eating normal if the child has just closed the door and is sulking if the child isn't speaking very well is not talkative the way the child would be talkative before and is not talking suddenly there is a change in the behavior the parent should intervene there itself and then find out what is the reason behind the child behaving differently completely understood and as you said before when a child is facing such issues for some reason whatsoever maybe it's mental health related maybe it's just them gaining weight and then they being put into various different labels what do you think about children being labeled and named that way called various different names that they do not want to be called how do you think this affects their personality and their mental health Oh this is one of the reasons this is one of the reasons for um, you know for the child's mental health that is obviously nobody would like to be called names and we should also inform the children that nobody gives you the right to call anyone names like you know we have uh, children who call others you are black you are white you are kalu you are patlu you are you know these 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 are the, these are the words that children use so we need to sensitize the children that these are politically wrong words these are absolutely politically wrong words and you cannot be using this so sensitizing children is important see children aren't to be blamed we can't blame children because uh, they 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 derive joy in saying so they just derive joy in saying so but then that is where parental uh, interference um schools interference is of utmost importance because um uh somewhere we need to put a stop to this somewhere we need to and let me tell you some some of the times you know the other child in front of everyone takes it very positively and jokingly but when the child is alone it has a very 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 serious effect on the child's mental health very serious effect on the child's mental health nobody would like to be called names at all 
nobody and nobody even gives anybody a right to call names no that is something yeah. that we need to sensitize the whole school that nobody gives you the right to call anybody names so it's not funny yeah. it's not funny at all if somebody is calling names we need to stop we need to stop it there is a nip it at the bud you know before the things grow yeah completely agree racism or calling other people yeah. names yeah. is not at all all right because all right. while they might be in front of you they might be showing that they completely unaffected but internally i think we all develop a yeah, seed of doubt right. internally all internally yeah so that, a seed of right. doubt is always developed when you call a name you would be self stewing thinking what did i do to be called as such and i think that's just detrimental to a child's mental health nothing else totally and moreover i did enjoy reading your book just expression so can you tell us a bit more about it and what really drove you to writing about it well just expressions is just it's all about just expressions you know there's nothing there it's not a it's not a continuous storyline or anything it's it's non fiction and they're just my expressions like for example uh one page just honey honey or money what do you want so it's a book basically that will never ever grow old and it's for all the ages wherein you can you and it's a coffee table book you know whenever you've got nothing to do you can just flip a page of the book and uh, you can just quickly just go through it and you can build your thoughts over it you can just build your thoughts over it that is like for example the topic which i said that um, uh, honey or money you know so what do you want you want money or you really want to get into a good relationship and enjoy life so what is your priority in life so you can also debate with your friend on this particular topic you know so then there are various uh, interesting topic uh, that is one day or day one yeah another completely topic. agree completely yeah. one day one day or day one now it is up to you how you perceive it whether one day is important for you or day one is important for you so uh, it depends on how you perceive how your friends perceive and when you all can come together over a cup of coffee you can just open the book and flip it and discuss over it you know or every every topic is debatable and uh, every topic is very juicy if i could say so that is when i say juicy it has uh, you know it will really uh, open up your uh, it will give you a dopamine high and uh, it's it's like a dose you know an oxytocin dopamine high and um, it's open for all age groups depending on the the way the uh, the person reads it and perceives it the level of discussion could go to that particular level depending mm-hmm. on the age okay. that is reading it yeah yeah I agree the book just expressions has a lot of colloquial language and i think the main message that at least i got from the book is every single person has their own opinion your opinion might be different from them your viewpoint might be very different from them but that doesn't mean that you should judge them after all if i were to choose an option that doesn't mean it's a right option because not mathematics uh, mathematics 1 plus 1 is always equal to 2 right. but when you're talking about ideals uh the reason why uh, the world is the way that it is is because every single person has different ideas and that's so beautiful about it my last question for you today and although i did love this discussion it must come to an end is that how does mental chatter affect the mental health of teenagers wow i love this question mental chatter you know so we all have a monkey mind 
all of us have a monkey mind and all the time at any given second you know there are almost not 40000 thoughts running through the mind even while you are sitting here right now in front of me i'm sure you have so many thoughts that okay i need to end the session how would be the session whether the recording is perfect after this what am i going to catch up with i need to finish my homework for the day tomorrow i have submissions to be done i need to go to sleep early or today i didn't exercise i need to exercise so i mean i mean i can just go on and on and on right now with the thoughts that are running in your mind and that's not only in your mind it is in everyone's mind you know so thoughts are always either positive negative they can push you ahead or they can just pull you back you know and this thought process that you have in your mind is nothing but your mental chatter now this mental chatter if you really work with yourself continuously and if you have um, positive affirmations for yourself you know so positive affirmations will keep up will will change your thoughts to be positive and if your thoughts are positive automatically your mental chatter is positive and when your mental chatter is positive your actions are positive and when your actions are positive your output is positive and when your output is positive success is not far for you it success yeah. is not far from you at all so working with the mental chatter is very important and that's why we say that yoga is important exercising is important a good mentor is very important maybe praying in the morning going to a temple a routine of prayer routine of going to the temple routine of listening to elders what they have to say or uh, routine of also uh, you know chanting 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 is also very good to reduce your mental uh, to reduce your negative mental chatter so there are a lot of things that you could do to reduce your mental chatter and if you reduce if you are able to reduce this mental chatter i tell you sky's the limit you will reach the helm of success in a very 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 short time because then your focus you're more focused in whatever you're doing and if you're more focused in whatever you're doing then obviously goes without saying that you know you're bound to be successful completely true completely agree with all that you said as human beings there's nothing that we can do to stay completely still yeah. we cannot just achieve a state of complete emptiness that i think i don't know if anyone's achieved yeah it. and to add now you know wherever you go you just if you notice wherever you go if people are just standing alone they just can't do without holding a mobile in their hand continuously i mean immediately the moment the, the person is free is alone the mobile is taken and there you start you you know you start surfing you start doing this you start so there is knowledge outburst there's knowledge outburst doubtless but then this knowledge outburst the more knowledge you put in the more mental chatter so it is important that sometime we just need to give to ourselves meditate do yoga get rid of gadgets as much as you can so that you know you can just be within with yourself and focus on whatever you want to do your goals especially you should know your goals and when you know your goals then automatically your thought process is more diverted and directed towards achieving your goals completely true a goal oriented person is someone who knows exactly what they need to achieve and will allocate their time accordingly so although you cannot control your thoughts you can redirect them to the task that you want to do and i know i said that would be my last question however i just have to ask what is your one message as an educator as a teacher as a mentor to all the students who suffer from mental health issues and what do you think that they should do to make themselves feel better about themselves 
Yeah. So my only message would be that please speak about it and raise, I mean, and speak, when I say speak about it, tell people that, yes, I need help. I need help. This is something that nobody wants to say. You know, people feel very low to speak, to say that they need help. So this is something that I would really want people to come and outright say that, yes, I need help and let them speak about what they are going through and not shy away from it. If they want to have a good life, if they really want to have a beautiful life, because life, I mean, you know, everything is so good around. But if your mental health doesn't support that, nothing around you is going to be good. So my, yeah, so then my message to everybody who is suffering in some or the other way should speak out. And in fact, on Facebook also, I had a post, you know, that is, I am available all the time. If anybody wants to speak to me, my number, I had put in my number also on Facebook. That is when I saw that a lot of teenagers were committing suicide. I said, okay, I could be an anonymous person for many of them. Let them just pick up the phone and call me up and speak to me about whatever they are going through and maybe we can find out a way, you know. So if we have people like this coming up voluntarily, voluntarily coming up and putting out their numbers on social media and informing, you know, that, okay, we are here, we are here to give you a ear because, you know, what happens again is that the people, even if the people want to speak, there aren't people, enough people for them to give them a ear, give, give them an ear, you know. So this is something that uh, we really need to have awareness and more um educators parents uh, social workers should ca- come ahead and volunteer to listen to the people very important very important so my, message, so, so my message is please speak out please share please share what you're going through that's it if you share i'm sure you can come to a solution but if you don't share then there's no solution at all no no solution at all completely you agree. It or you break it you make it or you break completely it agree. completely agree and I'd agree with you over there. Our initiative, Mind Over Matter, is a support program for the teens to build a community for mental health where teens can be vocal about their problems and get support in their mental health journey. We believe change doesn't necessarily need to be large and global. Even small actions that create an impact are powerful. We thank you for your time and support all our listeners. We request everyone share their feedback and hope that you all have a healthy mental health journey. Thank you for being here, Ms. Agrika. Thank you so much, Agastya, for having me over. And I really want to make a difference. And let's together make a difference towards working towards the mental health of the youth, the children, anybody, anybody for that matter. Yeah. Thank you.